This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 336. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J studios. This week on the show, our guest is a man long time coming. His name is Joe Hubbard, and he is the man behind the pop culture entertainment website, My Geek Scene, spelt M-I, Geek Scene, standing for... Michigan. That's right. He covers the entire Michigan geek scene. All the shows, all the happenings, all the books, all the comics, all the good stuff. Joe is a super fun guy. I've gotten to know him over the past few years at a couple of conventions, especially Motor City Comic Con over the years. Looking forward to seeing him again. Got to hang out with Joe a little bit at Astronomicon too. Uh, and Joe's a really nice guy who does really great stuff. And he's a huge supporter of the Michigan geek scene. So check out mygeekscene.com. And enjoy my conversation with Mr. Joe Hubbard. I'm jealous that you have an H6, though. You know, uh, you know. Let's say, uh, okay, let's start this podcast now. We're recording, but uh, the H6 was uh, it's it's a very cool thing, and it was uh, it was partly given to me by longtime sponsor, Mr. Stan Kanopka of uh, Nemesis Studios and Source Point Press, author of The Rejected. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, years ago when I first started the podcast, right, I was uh, I was just recording on crappy headset mics that just plugged like your line in and your line out. I had no idea what I was doing. And one day in the mail, out of the blue, I get a package uh, with a USB producer condenser mic in it. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It turns out it's from Stan Kanopka. And he's been listening since I started this show eight years ago. And he decided that he just really loved what I was doing and really wanted to support. And he had this extra microphone. So he sent it my way. And I couldn't believe he did that. And it was such a kind, courteous gesture that ever since that day, uh, for years, my podcast was brought to you by Nemesis Studios. Uh, because, you know, just as a thank you for to him for doing that. And uh, it's not there as much anymore, but since he's joined up with Source Point Press, because we're pushing stuff more through them. Uh, but uh, still, it was an amazing thing. So I've had this mic for years, and now all of a sudden, it's crapped out on me. So thank you, Stan, for this microphone that brought us years of entertainment. <laughs> But uh, that's the story behind that. So you must be fa- fairly familiar with equipment, audio and visual, with what you do, no? Uh, to an extent. I mean, I've just been learning as I go. And how long have you been going now? Um, Near the end of this month, it will be the four-year anniversary of my geek scene. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I first met you at Motor City Comic Con a couple of years ago. Yes. And you were starting this venture out. What inspired uh, my geek scene? Uh, well, my real job, I work in the hospital, let's put it this way. And it's 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 not fulfilling to me as a person. So 
Uh, a few years ago, I guess I had a midlife crisis at the ripe old age of uh, 33, and I said something. <laughs> had, I was at an anime convention um, just for fun, and I said to myself, uh, oh, man, something's got to change. And then later on that night, I got inspired to create a um, what would uh, end up being my geek scene. I just wanted to create a positive geek culture website, and it just went from there. That's cool, man. I totally thought you had a background in this stuff. I always thought you were, uh, you know, in 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 the media field of some sort. But no, you're you're you were working in the health field. Eh? Still, am working in the health field. It's not like this is pulling in enough cash to, for me to peace out. And I don't. <laughs> um, I'm not necessarily going to hold my breath for that either. But I still enjoy what I do at this point. I hear you, man. I I won't be quitting climbing trees anytime soon, but uh, we can always have the the dream to chase, can't we? <laughs> For sure. For sure. So, so you were a lot like me then, because when I started this show, I didn't know anything about anything. I could barely use Facebook when I started this show, and I've had to go through years of late night YouTube tutorials, learning how to record, what to use, what programs to figure out how to edit how to build websites did you have to learn all that as you went uh still am sir uh yeah. still am like prior to even starting my geek scene i never even had a facebook uh account i never really, really i never i never wanted one i had no interest in that you know but now i see it's kind of a necessary evil but it's also good for uh, keeping in contact with people such as yourself and no i'm not blowing smoke up your ass it's just like no. i've met so many cool people through um through Facebook, at least through the messenger and through, uh, my geek scene, you know, if I could just have Facebook messenger without having to actually deal with Facebook itself, I totally, would <laughs> that's awesome. So you had zero background in, in, in any of this. So, uh, what, what inspires this? I guess you've probably been a geek most of your life then, as far as being into pop culture and comics and stuff. Oh, hell yes, dude. Um, ever since I was a young kid, I loved, uh, video games, comic books, and anime, and why not continue with that? That's what I'm passionate about. So so why a website when you have, you know, there's so many various roads to go down. Did you just want to kind of create this central hub to share all the things you loved and do a whole bunch of things? Because you didn't just start a podcast or, you know, you, you, you weren't a journalist or had a background in journalism. So why a website? Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, just like um, when that – Epiphany hit me at that convention. Um, I just decided to create a website. I had no knowledge of a website prior to, but I never saw anything like as as far as a central hub for geek culture in Michigan. So I was like, well, why not create one myself? And it metamorphosized into what it is today. So how much of your life has it consumed? Uh, pretty much a high percentage of it, dude. It's It's pretty much all I think about. I mean, I got to divide my time between this, which is a full time job, my real full time job and my full time girlfriend, you know, so for sure. Uh, hey, when, try, try throwing kids in the mix. <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, I'm, I'm good on that, man. You know, I mean, my hat's <laughs> off to those who have kids and yes, can, I'm good. I like it. <laughs> who, who can run businesses and have kids like, dude, I do not have the time for children. Fortunately, my girlfriend feels the same way, too. So. Oh, you're in a lucky situation. Not that those who have children are unlucky, but uh, you know the world's full of people. And I always say, if if you're if it's not something you're dying to do, like like I've always wanted to be a dad. I just always wanted a kid ever since I was a little kid. It's something that was in me. But I can completely understand 
the ridiculous stigma people are trying to get rid of of that once you're together or once you're doing things, you got to have a kid. It's just the next step. I think that's just nonsense, you know? Oh, I agree, man. I mean, like I'm 37 and then I still have people saying like, you don't have kids and they're shocked. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want kids. Like, oh, you'll change your mind. And I'm like, I'm 37. I think I have a fair grasp on what I want out of life <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I, I had one and I'm done. Like I'm, I was lucky enough to have a stepdaughter uh, come into the picture. But uh, I, I have one son, and that, that's it. I'm done. Like, one and done, more than enough. You know, I'm, hap- I, I'm so happy to have him. I'm so happy to raise him. He's an awesome little dude. But at the same time, I just want that to be, like, a certain chunk of my life, and then I can continue to do these other things I wish to nourish in nature, you know? And my hat's off to you, dude. My hat's yeah. off to you. Uh, yeah. My geek scene, if anybody hasn't checked out the website, they got to check out the website because, dude, I, you would swear that you had a team of people working on all this shit. Nope, just me. Only me. <laughs> so what did you do? Like, did you sit down and what? did you do what I did? Did you go straight to YouTube and be like, okay, how do you build a website? No, actually, um, as far as I got, no, I didn't even go to YouTube. I fortunately had a... Um, I still have a very good friend who's like my website developer mentor and he um he uh one of the things he does is build websites for a living and like I originally was going to uh pay a dude 500 bucks to create a website for me and I could just update it but uh whoa <laughs> well that's what he was charging but I went to, and my friend was like why he's like I can teach you how to do that I'm like oh okay you know so he took me under his wing and he was showing me how to do stuff like that. And I mean, like my coding skills, uh, they're very, very basic, but yeah, I had meetings with him like on an almost weekly basis for months. Um, and he was showing me like how to do things and like just trying to figure out, uh, where I could go with my geek scene. And then I had, uh, I don't know if you've ever met her, my friend Cassidy Ray Warner, um, who is a awesome artist and stuff like that. She and I sat down and did, um, uh, brain. So sounds familiar. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I mean, like, um, if we're both at the same event, of all three of us at the same event, I will certainly introduce you, too. But uh, she she and I brainstormed over, uh, like, things for my geek scene, and, like, I eventually, I mentioned the word my geek scene, because we were just going over names, and she's like, yeah, dude, that sounds cool, and then we went from there. It's so perfect. You know, it's actually a weird thing here in Mississauga, where I live, our transit, you know how a lot of transit systems like to brand themselves now? Yes. And uh, our transit system is called My Way, but it's M-I-W-A-I because Mississauga, right? Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's totally the same idea. So whenever I, I see that on the buses, it kind of makes me think of the same thing because it says My Way. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's was trying um, for a short moment after I created the website, put my breakfast spelling M-I, and I was like, Ugh. Oh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, but there's, not, there's no way I could even take on that. Besides, it's not like I could trademark uh, the initials for Michigan. That would just be stupid to even attempt that. <laughs> You're so lucky that you had a mentor like that, though, because like – I, I I had you know I I haven't been able to spend anywhere near that kind of money or what you know the kind of money that most podcasts or entertainment websites put into their stuff. So for me, it was having like just through necessity to figure out how to use all the cheap free programs I could, like Audacity and Paint.net. You know, like 
Because, you know, I was never going to be able to afford Photoshop just to make my silly little logos. You know what I mean? I had to learn to do learn to use the cheap one and make it look as good as I could, you know? No, dude, I've gotten lucky, though. Um, I've uh, I always go to those that are my betters in whatever I want to learn and try to sit under them and absorb as much knowledge as possible. You know, like I, I use audacity still to edit my audio. Um, hell I, I'm before sure. you, um, hit me up. I was like working on an, uh, um, a Skype interview that I did yesterday. So I was editing all the audio from that. I just, and like my friends have hooked me up with free legal copies of programs like premier pro, you know, that I can use and stuff like that. So I haven't put, I've I've lost far more money than I've made doing my geek scene, but I figured, <laughs> yeah. um, I figured like just having like good equipment and stuff like that also helps out to set yourself apart from everyone else. I'm not sure I could do my interviews by recording off my phone, but that to me just comes off as very bootleg too, you know. Well, I'm I've always been impressed with the professional feel that my geek scene has, you know, like you know to the extent like I was saying before, I got the impression that you had some kind of background in journalism in some way, you know. Nope. You know, and a lot of it was it's probably to do with the camera cuz that camera is always strung around your neck, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For Did you sure. have any kind of interest or inkling towards photography before you started this or did that come along with this? Uh, it came along with this. I figured, like, uh, photos would be a good way to get people to go to the website and stuff like that. And um, originally, I wasn't even pl- – uh, like, because, you know, I do photo photography, videography as far as, like, my video interviews goes. And um, I, I do writing, and I have a very kick-ass calendar on the website. But, like, photos never, ever uh, – I, I never was a photographer in the first place, you know. I mean, maybe, like, those one – I mean, those cameras that you would pick up at the store, like sure. all wrapped up in one, and then you just turn it in and have it developed. I did things like that when I was younger, but I never thought about having uh, photography um, in my life until I decided to create a website. Dude, I love this. I love that you did exactly what I did. Well, I had a bit different of a background. See, my whole thing was <clears throat> when I was young, I was a pure drama kid. All I all I did was act, and all I was doing was theater, and all I ever wanted to do was make movies. I was making movies with my old camcorder eight from my grandparents, and like, you know that I I was that little kid, and then I grew up, became a stupid teenager, and wasted several years of my life doing stupid teenagery things, and <clears throat> kind of you know got my life to a point where it needed a certain rebuilding, if you know what I mean. And when I was much younger and didn't have the means to go to school or get reeducated or do anything, you know, on that level, I, I got a job as, you know, summer tree help at, at a tree company, dragging brush and doing this. And this was way back in 2001 when I was 24 years old. And here we are 18 years later. And I've got this awesome career in this industry that I fell in love with. But what it did was enable me to get to a point where I could find something at least to help fill that creative void that was there, right? So, you know, that's that's the blessing that podcasting has given me. It's given me this new outlet 
to express myself in some sort of creative way, you know, because it's very hard because I've got this hard career, you know, and I'm pretty tired at night after climbing trees all day. I don't have a lot of energy to say, go to play rehearsal or join community theater, especially when I got the kids at home. You know, I got to come home and take care of all them fatherly, housely duties. But, you know, when all that's done for the night, I can do something as simple as have a conversation about something I'm passionate about, something I love. And that leads itself to self-education. I can't believe the amount of things that I have learned to do now, the skills that I have required, uh, acquired, simply for the fact that I wanted to do a podcast because Kevin Smith told me to, you know? For sure. Was there any – I have a question for you. Yeah, Was there yeah. any – um? Obviously, you have a background in theater. Was there any particular plays that uh, that you connected with? Uh, any play that I was the lead in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I was a big ham. I'm st- I'm still a big ham, but I was that kid uh, who loved the spotlight, who had no stage fright, and just wanted to be out there and doing it. And I it started in grade two. In grade two, we did a Mother's Day play, and we put on a little performance of Peter Rabbit. And I got the role of Peter Rabbit. And up until doing that little play, it had always been pretend. You know, we always played our cartoons or our heroes or superheroes or whatever when we were kids with our cousins or our siblings and friends running around outside playing. So, you know, make-believe was something I was very used to and comfortable. But it wasn't until doing that that I realized, oh, like, like a script exists. I didn't even understand that concept of, oh, you memorize these words and then you say them. You know what I mean? So that was kind of my real first experience. And I'll never forget it because I just... I loved the attention. I loved being Peter Rabbit. I loved going through the motions. I loved the practicing. I loved the actual performance for the mothers. It was just in a little classroom. But I was hooked. I was hooked from grade two on. And that's all I ever did. Um, you know, and it's a lot of the typical stuff when you're in, in, you know, senior public school or whatever you're doing you know, you know, 50s rock and roll plays or, you know, the the basics, you know, Annie Get Your Gun or whatever. And then we got to high school and I got really stoked about a lot of the stuff that I started to learn about, like just the little one act plays or the three act play evenings we'd put on or even the Sears Festival and some of the stuff that people were doing and writing themselves for that. So, you know, there was never one thing that really pulled me in in particular as far as any of the plays I did I just I I just love to do it you know I just love to be on stage when I would be done and I'd get off stage I would literally feel like I was floating two feet off the ground just because of this this satisfying feeling you know and you know stupid things happened and you know I fell out of that but you know now I get to do things like moderate panels and go to comic cons and, you know, get to be that guy on the microphone. So it's more the general sense of the spotlight and being a ham than, you know, falling in love with the material. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I can hear you. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Did you ever do drama or any kind of stuff or Uh, stuff when you were young? Nope. What were you doing when you were young and pre high school and stuff? Playing video games, reading comic books, and watching anime. I mean, I didn't really do. <laughs> Not much has changed except for my age and like uh, my health. But other than that, you know, 
Uh, no, have I didn't. you have you always been a comic kid, or did you ever have the gap that most of us had? Because, uh, like you know, like I collected comics right up till I was about thirteen. Then I discovered girls and weed and all that kind of shit, and you kind of get out of it for a couple years. And then in my early twenties, I got sucked right back into it through a, a various things. Did you ever have like a blip, or have you been straight through fan? Um, I would definitely say straight through fan i mean like i started off with comic strips like in the the newspapers those are the things that i always enjoyed um when i was younger and then i mean i didn't really buy a bunch of comics i had like here and there you know uh if you're referring to like just straight comics i guess i might have had a a fall-off point but i like always would um read the the daily strips but then i would follow like the cartoons like uh, X-Men, Spider-Man, Batman, the animated series and stuff like that. And let's not forget anime. I'd always watch that stuff too. And then when I got out of high school, because I was always a fan of that stuff all the way through and through. But when I got out of high school and realized that the library had comic books, I would just go pick up trades and just keep reading or borrow stuff from my friends. And then, just recently, I just now started like building my own collection because I would buy little stuff here and there, especially to support like my um, artist friends, you know, because I do believe that you should try to help out your friends if you can. If you like their stuff, support them, you know. Oh, yeah, which you're wonderful for as well at the shows. And I have to give you kudos that because uh, for that, because that's something I greatly appreciate. You're just not there to get the story, but you're there to. Uh, support your scene. I mean, you you are such a huge proponent of Michigan and everything going on at the shows that uh, you can tell that your passion's there. You don't just love that stuff in general. You love how Michigan does it. You know, it's very evident in what you do. Oh, thank you, dude. I'm glad you you noticed that. I'm glad you did. Well, uh, I I see you at enough shows, and I've you know gone through enough of your material, and I've I've been there to witness you doing interviews live. And, uh, you know, you've got interesting things to ask. It's not the typical, uh, you know, so what was it like doing your new thing? You know, you, you come with questions that you seem to be genuinely personally curious about, you know? That's how I try to do it. And also, well, like my uh, interview process, I generally do about, it used to be two to four, but now it's six to 14 hours of research on each guest so I can avoid asking the same questions as everybody else. Say that again. What? <laughs> it used to be two to four hours, but now it's six to 14 hours worth of research on each guest Jesus to avoid. Christ. <laughs> hey, man, I like I. Um, no, I you're st- right. That's what it takes nowadays, because, you know, there's so many people getting asked, especially in this con culture we live in. So many people hear the same questions. It is next to near to impossible to come up with something original. And trust me, I know you would need to sometimes spend up to 14 hours reaching, researching something to find something that somebody has not been asked, you know? Yeah, well, I, I like to find out about things that uh, most people don't talk about in our, I try to find something that the guest is really into and try to talk to them about that. You know, like I'm not to name drop, but I guess I'm going to have to, when I interviewed Kevin Eastman, we barely talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, dude. I hit him up on all sorts of things, you know? And I find that with guests that if you're asking them stuff that, uh, about stuff that they normally don't get to talk about, they tend to give you more time and they tend to actually appreciate that. 
They get the very guests, excited, very excited. And when the guests realize that I'm not that typical interviewer, they seem, uh, seem to open up more. It's not like I'm looking for TMZ stuff or anything like that because it's not my thing. But I like having good, fun conversations with people, and I hate doing the – I can easily crap out that typical interview <laughs> with anyone. That's easy to do, but what's harder is to come up with a uh, an interview that flows and have, having a good conversation with the guest. Um, you have to do your research, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, I find for me it's uh it can be one way or the other. Often I will do my best if I know nothing. And that's kind of the way I get through the conversation is going in blind and that's, you know, and then I have some a whole bunch of stuff to figure out. But as far as you know, finding something they're interested in, I always have a great example of that uh at uh uh, Great Philadelphia Comic Con a couple years ago, I had the uh, the chance to chat with. Uh, am I gonna really blank out on the name? Uh, <laughs> Julian Julian oh from Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Oh, oh I know what you're talking about. The older uh, gentleman, Julian. Yeah. Oh, I'm so blanking out. That is so shameful. Uh, either way, we were having a conversation. We're talking about Indiana Jones and this and that. And, you know, I could tell he's given the same answers he kind of usually does. And I, I start steering it differently because I knew that he was an experienced Shakespearean actor. And I kind of started to I, – I led it that way because I thought that might get some interest, you know, into him. Uh, not that he wasn't being lovely. But when he heard Shakespeare, his ears kind of perked up and he started talking a little more. And that's when I decided to kind of use my own personal experience because here in Ontario, we have something called the Stratford Festival in Stratford, Ontario. And it's a yearly Shakespearean festival that gets put on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a legendary festival. I mean, Christopher Plummer, William Shatner, a lot of these people came out of the Stratford uh, the festival, right? And uh, as well as this gentleman. And I'm still pissing me off that I'm not remembering his name. It's fucking Julian fucking fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mentioned the Stratford Festival. And then his eyes got wide, right? Then he got really, really excited. So, you know, sometimes when you can touch on something that they, they care about, yeah, it definitely makes for a better conversation, you know? No, for sure, dude. For sure. Um, was it Julian Glover? Yes. Yes, it was Julian Glover. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank Google. <laughs> All right. We found it. Uh, he was such a lovely man. Julian Glover was a, a lovely, lovely man. Also the only Imperial general to actually win a battle in the Star Wars movies. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, when he attacked Hoth and all the rebels had to escape. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, General Veers. So that was super cool. We got uh, Great Philadelphia Comic Con coming up next month, and I'm very, very excited about some of the conversations we're going to get to have there on stage. So uh, that's a show you need to come check out sometime, man. That's a that's a super fun hoot of a time. See, a little, I'm envious of you because you get to go to these uh, cons in different states um, and experience them. Uh, sometimes it's press from what I understand, too, and I think that's awesome. I don't know if like the cons uh, from other states would be so readily acceptable of me because I represent Michigan, you know. I I dude, I represent Canada. 
Like, you I know, know but they're, they're not going to care. I, yeah, but you're, you're not I, Canada geek scene. That's what I'm saying. You're an elegant weapon. That's that name can encompass many things. But mine is very, very target that's, specific. That's true. But, I, you know, I, I, I don't think it would be too much of a factor. I mean, for me, it started with uh, the press actually started uh, with Motor City Comic Con. Okay. Uh, uh, and because, you know, years ago when I started the show, I met Drunk on Comics on Twitter. And uh, I met Tony and I met Derek and we started chatting on Twitter. And then we just made friends that way. We both had podcasts that sounded cool. We listened to each other's. We liked them. And then we did a cross pod. Uh, got to know each other a little, and then five or six years ago or whatever, they invited me to come out to Motor City Comic Con. And they were like, we'll get you a press pass, it'll be all good. So we did that, and, you know, that kind of gave me the confidence to try a few other, you know, things. Uh, but then the big switch was when I went down to see Stan Kanopka in Allentown, and I went to the Great Allentown uh, Comic Con. And they had... Nichelle Nichols there as a guest and she was 72 she was in a wheelchair and couldn't hear a goddamn thing and they were about to put her on stage in front of a crowd with no moderator and I was like this is not gonna go well she's just not gonna hear what's going on they at least need someone to repeat the questions to her kind of thing right so I went to Stan and I was like Stan you can't let this old lady go out there like that you know I'm uh, you know I'll fucking do it and he was like, well, shit, do it. So I went and did it. And I have now, since that moment, I have been the panel coordinate, panel and event coordinator for the Great Philadelphia Comic-Con ever since. Oh, nice, dude. Uh, just right place, right time. And that's literally all, th all that happened. And it was Nichelle Nichols. And, you know, they were so happy with that, they asked me to do Michael Bean. And those were my first two big panels. And ever since then, I, I can't even tell you how much it blows my mind the opportunities i've got to sit on stage and talk to some of these people it's it it feels like a dream sometime and you know i owe it all to stan kanopka and to the people at the great philly con chris and carla wertz and you know they just gave me a shot and then they stuck with me because that show's exploded that show's gotten quite big and they get some really big names. And after the first year or two, they could have easily just brushed me aside and brought in somebody far more professional or with some, you know, far more of an audience than I had. And, you know, I was just a little podcaster from Toronto, right? But they stuck with me and they gave me that opportunity. So yeah, I'm super blessed for that, man. And it just comes from 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 trying, you know, just just getting out there and giving it a shot. So as far as press, man, I would say apply all over the place. Even if you get denied, they'll remember you for next year or, you know, have heard your name. And eventually you're going to get a shot somewhere, you know? No, that's fair. I mean, I eventually will have to branch out, branch out of Michigan because there's only so many times that I can hit up pretty much every event in Michigan. Right, right. Before I get bored. Unfortunately, uh, you know, I've never been able to get press in my hometown at Toronto Comic Con or Fan Expo Canada. <laughs> Man, I get C2E2, I get New York Comic Con, but for, there's something about Touchwood in uh, Toronto that they just they don't dig the weapon, so I'm not too sure what it is. I mean, Fan Expo Boston let me go with press. So I know it's not Fan Expo. For some reason, you know, there's some tight PR going on here. But 
Maybe someday, someday we'll break that chain. But uh, unfortunately, due to my uh, own errors tonight, we had some tef- technical difficulties. That's so, fair. Uh, Joe and I had to get on a little late, and now I feel like I've done most of the blabbing because you went and asked me questions for a change. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I like having conversations with people, so it's all good, dude. Yeah, and I want to do this again. So we're going to get Joe back on the show, and we're going to sit down with no time limit sometime and uh, do it up properly. But uh, I assume you are going to be at Motor City Comic Con, yes? No. No? What's going on? Uh, I think I'm... Either I think I might have to work that weekend at my real job. Oh, that's so. sad. Uh, I will miss you there. You're always there for me to see, man. Yeah, I wasn't there last year because I had to work as well. So, um, but oh, you weren't. I could have swore I saw you. Nope, dude. <laughs> you saw, you might have saw my uh, doppelganger, but I was not there. Uh, question Lord. for you though. Um, yeah. Are you gonna? I know it's it's a bit of a uh, a drive, but are you gonna be at the Cherry Capital Comic Con? I'm not sure. When is that one happening? It is Memorial Day weekend. Memorial? What's that mean? I don't. We don't oh yeah, sorry, sorry. You're speaking American, <laughs> man. I don't want to become. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know about American holidays. My goodness. I don't keep up. America. No, America. Uh, it's May twenty fourth through the twenty sixth, I believe. Uh, maybe possible. Possible. I will definitely keep it in mind. Uh, Source Point Press may be there as well, so maybe I'll tag. Oh, them. they'll be there. Maybe yes. I'll tag along with the crew, and uh, we'll see what happens. Jay, let's put it this way, dude. I mean, it may not be a huge con, but it's definitely worth checking out. They have like their own, like it, it feels like a family and uh, like a family type con and an intimate con. Um, and it, I, I would recommend it because they have their, they have like this cool karaoke contest called the Cherokee Contest, where they have like. <laughs> Um, like anyone can go up on stage and like, it's a, a silent auction fundraiser as well. I mean, they have a nice massive drink and draw too, with all the artists and guests just hanging out and stuff, dude. It's, it's a totally cool event. I would highly recommend it. I, I, I get bugged to go every year. So I'm definitely going to have to, at some point, make my presence known. Uh, unfortunately kids, that is all the time we have for this evening, but for now get out to, uh, the interweb, check out mygeekscene.com. That's with an M I, uh, Joe here does some fantastic coverage of uh, the Michigan geek scene. There are reviews of shows, uh, recent reviews from uh, Astronomicon 2. We're at a fantastic time. Uh, you know, chats, conversations, photo galleries. Uh, and as Joe mentioned, there's a very, very cool calendar of events going on. Uh, so, Joe, you got to come back. Uh, we'll get our geek on longer and harder. But uh, it's always a pleasure to get to chat with you, man. No, thank uh, thank you so much for the opportunity, Jay. And I always appreciated you being super nice to me, um, even throughout like whenever I when I started and up until now. I truly do appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, dude. Hey, and you've well, always it, been super cool. It's, so thank it's you. my pleasure. You were more than welcome. You're a good dude, and you do really good work. So it's a pleasure to know you. But uh, again, everybody, my geek scene. That's with an M I. This is Mr. Joe Hubbard. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Jay.